What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mindful CEO podcast. Uh, you're you're catching us right in the middle of a uh, a conversation. We're like, we should hit record. Yeah. Um, so, As always. And, and we're, I mean, you never know. We're trying to, like, we're talking through stuff for our own purposes, for our community. And then we're like, this is important stuff. So we were talking about intention, uh, med- uh, striving versus intention, non-striving versus intention. And we don't need an answer, but we do want an intention. We want to go in a particular direction. I'm just giving them the world of it. Maybe yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pick right. That up, pick that up where yeah, I left well, off. I, the, what we were grappling with, what I, we were talking about, was um, you know, since rebranding to the Mindful CEO, I, I I have the experience after the podcasts, just to check into my experience as if that were a measure of something. Um, of you know, was that fun? How was that? Did that get something done? And the number of times that I was left that way in the prior iteration of the podcast versus this iteration, it was more than, right? These podcasts have been fine, but it didn't, haven't left me with, wow, that was really useful to get out for myself. Hmm. And what I think has been missing is this world of intention in the previous iteration of this, the, uh, um, Repurpose. Yeah. We had an intention that this make a difference for realtors. Yeah. That this be a home for realtors and that leadership leverage and list leadership leverage and le- leadership <laughs> leverage and legacy. legacy, right? In a context of love, Mr. Mayor, yes, we hear yes. you, Michael. Um, that had an intention that was going a particular direction. And then we've, you know, shifted context to, Include more people, CEOs, anyone who's a CEO of their life, anyone who has, but that world also has an intention. And I I think I've dropped that out. Mm -hmm. We've been wandering, but without an intention. You know, there's uh, mumbling, but without the intention that a song show up. Right. And there is a world of, you know, in mindfulness, one of the pillars of mindfulness is Mm -hmm. non-striving. And Mm. that's a really interesting dynamic when you have an intention and a commitment and a direction. Yeah. But to play with that as inside non-striving occurs like a paradox. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Cause we are striving to go someplace in particular, but we, but we're not and we are. <laughs> and if you're not, and you are, you really get something. Um yeah, yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Because I have another thought about it. But I, thought... <laughs> I well, uh, I think you know when we look at our triangle here up here up here in my up in the corner of my screen here. But the, we've got mindfulness is one of the three you know sides of this triangle. The other another one is mission, and I think mission really speaks to intention. It speaks to direction. Yeah. I think you could pursue a mission. I, I think you could head in the direction of a mission and an intention in an in a, a man- manner of non-striving. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, what strikes me is I remember in the self-expression leadership program back in the day, um, you know, that distinction between being committed and attached Mm. is a wildly effective and a Mm. wildly productive distinction and mind blowing at the time. And that was, I was probably 30, half as old, right? I was half my, half the age I am now. Mm. And uh, that's a mind blowing distinction and it speaks directly to this. Yeah. You know, that being committed to an outcome, yeah. if the outcome is not produced, you're left with a commitment to the outcome. Yeah. You know, when you're committed to an outcome, you're committed to, you know, your infinite game being fulfilled. 
Yeah. You know, you're, you're committed to the fulfillment of your mission. Mm-hmm. Every action you take is inside the fulfillment of that mission. And then it, if the mission is not yet fulfilled, which in an infinite game, it never is, never is you're left with looking newly as to the next action that all has the qualities of non-striving attachment mm-hmm. is you take an action and you don't, the mission's not fulfilled, but you are attached to the outcome. You needed it to look a particular way. You needed it to show up at a particular time. It must happen. Yeah, you're yeah. attached to the outcome. It has to look like this. And when that doesn't happen, you're left upset, disempowered, and you know, frustrated, annoyed, irritated, resigned, upset. All that shows up when one is attached. And that has all the elements of striving. Striving, yeah. Um, so I think that's a really, really, really potent distinction for people that people don't get in general is the world of being committed to in a result as access or as, uh, if it's not access to, it's at least parallel to the world of nine striving and the pillars of mindfulness. So that's, I think where we want to play. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Oh, no, I feel like the chipmunks. <laughs> well, I, think, I think part of the, the uh, if I think about the world of mindfulness or law of attraction or being versus doing like they're separate camps, there's, there's, you know, Abraham and, and the whole thing around, you know, just don't do it, give it over to the universe and it'll do it. And there's a, there's a whole worldview that comes there. And yep. I, I've um, hung out with people in masterminds who listen to the secret, but are more doers. And they're like, you know, the problem with the secret is they just don't, they just don't account for, you got to do stuff. And then there's people in the doing camp who are like, you know, being is who cares about being, you just got to do. And so I think one of the things that this conversation is providing in the mindful CEO is, Mm -hmm. and it's in the name of our, this brand, right. Is bridging these worlds of production and as a CEO and, and mindfulness in a, I love Venn diagram. So in a Venn diagram, we've got these two things overlapping and I think we're providing a bridge to both of these worlds. Yeah. You can have both and. You can have both and. And that really is the critical piece here. You know, that was what Alan was talking about when Alan Kahn was on. Yeah. And because I'm old, I can't remember the woman's name who he was working with, but she was insistent yeah, that mindfulness is not meditation, mm. that you can meditate and be mindful, but mindfulness is required or, or it, there's an opportunity for mindfulness mm. in the moment. And that's where mindfulness shows up is in the, in the getting of the coffee in the, yeah. you know, pulling up to the red light in the mm-hmm. speaking to a coworker about, you know, whatever needs to happen. Um, having mindfulness show up in the moment is really where we're at, in the fulfillment of a mission. You know, and I think there's a element of aliveness mm. and like, I, I don't know if we said it after we started recording or before, but um, an edge mm, that's before you know, and excitement, uh, 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 you know, uh, out on the tip of something when you're moving in the direction of the fulfillment of a mission, mm you know, and having fun and play and lightness and non, non-attachment and uh, grace and patience and loving kindness and all of that on the tip of the spear mm-hmm. heading toward the fulfillment of your mission yeah. is, mm. you know, it's sort of a violent metaphor, but, <laughs> you know, um, 
is is the point of this conversation, you know, is really what we're up to. So we want people, I think it's important that we keep our mission, you know, clear, our vision, our, you know, where you and I, our Venn diagrams of our yeah. respective purposes in life, you know, where people have the experience of agency, right. of their own agency, and yours of when leaders lead, the world will change, yeah. you know where do those overlap? And that's where you and I get to play. And then for anyone listening, right, for our five listeners, the opportunity for you to map your mission into mm. mindfulness, mission, mastermind, and to see. Yeah. But to never, and we haven't really, you know, I would think, I think that's sort of where we haven't really explored in this podcast yet is the fulfillment of mission and the yeah. application of mindfulness. And it's, it's such a paradox. It's such a thing to play with because as soon as you say the application of mindfulness in the fulfillment of a mission, it turns it into doing something uh-huh. right to get somewhere. Yes. I, but there's something in that that is like, um, and this might be the, the, the place where the nuance is helpful. Uh, if I am treating it like art, if I'm treating it like building a cathedral versus, you know, chiseling stone mm-hmm. to use an old metaphor we've used, right? Like that, the way in which I'm holding this mission is one that is playful, creative. So I, I am an artist in the thing that I am intending. I think, I think that it doesn't... Uh, this is some some work I've been doing the last year. It's just been like reframing this for myself because I I came from such a an attachment mm-hmm. to a result, and I'm now looking at if this were my life's work and not like an annual goal, right? If this was something I was doing the rest of my life, mm-hmm. one it opens up a little bit of freedom, like I'm not constrained by time. Mm. But two, I get to start thinking about like, okay, well, in what what iteration do I want to pl- mumble through this year? Yeah. And mumbling now is headed in a direction. I'm going to, I'm going to mumble through these chords and find, find a song and see what lyrics show up, but it doesn't occur like a problem. It doesn't occur like pressure. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great place. And we were talking about that earlier, you know, like even in the mumbling of something, there's a difference between mumbling and then mumbling with the intention to discover a song, Yeah, you know, mumbling you're, you know, some, you're not well, you know, you're crazy. I was thinking you're, you know, you're a crazy person on the street. Like you're just mumbling. You're just walking around mumbling. That's not the same thing as mumbling with an intention that a song show up that speaks to you. And, Hmm. you know, I think it's the difference. I'm going to say it and then we'll see if I actually think this. Um, The difference between mindfulness and mindlessness that, Although normally when we speak of mindlessness, we're talking about you on automatic or me on automatic, just going through the motions of our day without stopping and breathing and getting present. You're, we're on default. We're on the, that's the normal. That's how we've defined mindlessness in the past is that. And I think it's totally accurate and really useful and valuable. I don't, but there is another level of mindlessness 
um, you know, that's that. And we were talking about this, Chris, in reference to, you know, the, one of the other groups, your other group that, that I'm in. Um, without an intention, without a direction, mm-hmm. without a place to head that's articulated, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going on, a, you're just wandering. And I, I don't mean just wandering like to um, diminish this importance of taking time to just wander yeah. without an intention, Sure, you know, right. to just... Um, wander, and I think that's a re- it's okay. So it's a whole new tangent, right? It's shocking. Um, but again, I remember one of my uh, the hardest things or most mind blowing things I had in my training as a as a leader was when um, uh, my coach told me to uh, make the calls without an agenda. Mm. Wow. And now I'm doing the work of whatever I was doing. You know, that, at that time I was phoning people, but it doesn't really matter what actions, what the action is. Can you do it without an agenda? That's that world there. And then it becomes, okay, well, why am I doing it at all? Right. If I'm not, if I don't have an agenda, yeah. What am I doing? But we all know if any of you are in sales and you all know that, you know, you get a call from someone and they have an agenda, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's over. I mean, you're not interested a hundred percent, almost 100% of the time you have no interest in um, that service. If you're getting on the phone with them and it's their agendas on the phone and, and then the questions come up like, okay, well, is it, is it an agenda? for me to be interested in discovering what matters to them. That's an agenda, mm-hmm. right? Can I have in a conversation? So I think it's in the play there. It's in the playing with that. Yeah. You know, the personal discovery of what would it, what am I attached to? What's my agenda in this getting present to it, you know, it reminds me of what Alan was talking about when people get present, I forgot the acronym but that they use to get present, you know, but they, you know, what's present for me physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. and then any request or anything, you know, what I forgot what the four things were. There was an acronym for it. I'll have to go back and listen. Um, but to just get present to the agenda, be mindful about your agenda. And then you have an access to doing something else to actually getting interested, wonder, you know, listening curiosity yeah um yeah good i was just one of the things that came up for me is if um i was seeing about how abraham hicks will talk about being general versus specific and um and that can be really helpful when you don't when you're trying to stay non when you're trying to stay unattached um if i get too specific in a particular desire a, mm-hmm. a rocket of desire. I say, I want this much money or I want this many members of a community. Or, I get, I go, this is, I get too specific and I start to fear it or resent it or get frustrated by it to go more general in how I think about, intend about, be mindful about mm-hmm. the intention to say, I love when people get together. I love it when people share deep conversations to stay general about the intention, about the direction or the desire. Um, I, what's how I want to apply that here is 
if I think about what you and I did with a rebrand and the mindful CEO, you could say like, we don't, we haven't had an intention or the edge of an intention. And we are generally headed in the of an, we are headed in the direction of a general intention about yes. this rebrand. Like we can reach more people was part of the intention. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mindfulness is a, more than a real estate conversation. We still have an intention to grow our community. We have an intention to mumble through these. I mean, there is a, but there's a more, it's more general than it is specific. Yeah. And I think the further we go down it, and I say that because you had said earlier, like then it's, otherwise it's just a, it's just a walk. It's just a, I don't know how you said that. You're like, it's just. Yeah. Just wandering around. Just, yeah. You're just, you're just wandering. And, um, but, but, but I think you and I have done, we have more intention in it than just wandering that there's and i think most people who are like who would listen to a podcast like this that are headed somewhere it's more than just wandering but that's worth bringing some mindfulness to it's bringing some awareness to like in what ways is it intentional and in what ways could i bring more focus totally i i think it's it, it it's managing the dynamics of those conversations because look that we have that intention is how this showed up as missing Mm, you know that we were that we were weighting the scale toward mindfulness and not towards mission that only showed up because we have a we do and and that's the important part about a mission Mm. and intention whatever word we want to put in there but that's the one of the critical aspects of it one of the critical things it provides is it gives you a chance to be true to something. Yeah. Yeah. It allows you to true yourself up to something because mm-hmm. without that mission, anywhere you go is fine. Yeah. Anywhere it's... you go is as good as any other place. And we I definitely don't think that's the case. I have, I have said, that's not the case for me. You know, it's not, you know, it's not, well, do I feel like being married again today? I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. Right. You know, see who yeah. else I meet. Uh-huh. Right? right? See what else shows up at my door, you know? And that's not the way I live with my marriage. Yeah, right. You know, I I have a commitment and I'm, you know, that that thing stay nurtured and growing and mm-hmm. that she is empowered out to fulfill what she's up to in life and and every everything that I do, if it doesn't show up like empowering her to fulfill what she's up to, then that's my problem. Yeah, because I have that mission mm-hmm. to have that happen. So I get to true myself up to that, mm-hmm. and that's so much. That's mm-hmm. and there's that paradoxical relationship between being committed and attached, being. There's a line between being committed and attached. There's a there's a line between being driven mm-hmm. for a result and being committed to the fulfillment of something. Yeah, you know, we I think we often and this is a Esther Hicks thing for sure. Is you know, you don't get to say how or when. Yeah, yeah. What you want shows up. You just get to know that it's showing up and the universe is going to figure out how to show it, how to have it show up to you, but you don't get to say how or when I think it shows true. up. It's true in songwriting. You know, you can't force a song. Yeah. You can, you can strum and you can mumble and you can put time in, you can follow the muse, but you can't fully say when it, 
develops, yeah. but you could apply yourself. I think if I were out to write a song and I put hours in versus no hours in, I think the probable outcome is to get a song. I'm more likely to get a song by putting hours in than I am by not putting any hours in. Yeah. It's interesting, Chris. That's okay. So I think that's all we, we could do a whole series on this. In fact, make a note because I think we want to add this to the mastermind. Um, Sorry, I said make a note like you're the fucking water boy. Sorry about that. <laughs> I am. I I I take I, know, I, do. I, I know, but the way I said it was really very much like I'll be your water boy. You are my water boy. Purified I, water. I, I don't. I don't. Um, I have a commitment. <laughs> don't that. don't give it, don't lose it. Say it. Just say it. I'm good. Um, there is a whole world in you know the amount of action required to produce a result from all the different paradigms in which you and I play. You know, there's, you know, there's, and I don't, and I think it's a circle, frankly. I think there's variations of it. Um, but by that, I mean, you know, there's definitely the can't, I don't think it's a line. I don't think it's the only thing in the world that produces result is action. And mm-hmm. the only thing in the world that produces result is your vibration. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a line. I think that's a circle. Got it. I think that's, there's, those are saying the same thing. Right. I think there's a way in which those two principles right. can be true at the same time. Yeah. Right. Of. And I don't think, and I think it lives for people like those are diametrically opposed and you can't yeah, have yeah. one and the other at the same time. And I don't think that's accurate. So I think that's, but that's mm-hmm. a whole separate show at least, and definitely something in the workshop to yeah. engage in, you know, Right. Cause they're, oh, another M, right. In addition to what we got, did we have yeah, manifesting? Right. Manifest? No. Oh, see another M for us. Good. Let's just collect those. Let's collect M's. We're going to collect the M's. I know. Well, you're the alliteration king. So this episode, this, this podcast is sponsored by the letter M. That's right. <laughs> um, but that world of manifestation and is, is connected to this world of mindfulness and mission. Yes. Um, and um, hmm. yeah, in fact, wow. that could be the third M and mastermind is just sort of a container in which we rock on those three things. Yeah, um, we're allowed, to, we're allowed to change that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I, but you, you know, you were talking about that world and I think being connected, grounded in a calling, being grounded and connected in a mission or an intention or you could say you have an intention to fulfill your calling or fulfill, realize your mission in the world. Um, what I was experiencing or expressing as a lack of an edge. Yeah. Right. I really is, or I don't know, really is, um, could also, I think, be said as, uh, a lack, like what there, there was no tuning. There was nothing. You know, tuning something again, I'm going to make a reference to something I don't do, which is be a musician. Oh, I, I, okay. So I did anyway, too much of a tangent. Um, you know, tuning is a reference. Hmm. You know, there's different tunings in different cultures. You know, Indian music is a, uses a completely different scale hmm. than what we consider to be the scale. Hmm. Um, so C sharp is only C sharp in reference to a particular hmm. literal, literally a vibration of molecules 
at a particular frequency. Mm-hmm. Does that frequency someone's name that C sharp? Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you tune your guitar or whatever, you're tuning it to a standard. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's all kinds of tunings that you can do on guitars or sitars or whatever you're playing mm-hmm. that make it consistent with the standard. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, and when someone's out of tune, they're out of tune. They're just, you know, they're, they are heard as discordant to the intention of whatever that is, the container that that hold that holds that. And, um, I think there's stuff to explore in there because, you know, you're holding a standard, but you're not, um, I think it's important to recognize that standard was invented. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it, you know, I mean, it sounds good to your ear, but different cultures have different standards, different musical cultures. Um, same thing with art, uh, visual art. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there are standards of how things are done, the way things are done. And is your mission, you know, Yeah. inside that container or is your mission specifically to break that container? Because there are yeah, things yeah. that show up in our, you know, world that break containers all the time about the way things are done. So yeah. it's important for you or me or anyone to be able to say, yep, I'm sitting inside this container. This is where mm-hmm. my difference gets made is inside the standard, you know, that everyone uses or not. My, my job is to break the container this standard and I'm going to do that by using these standards along the way. Those are all part and parcel. And you're always chewing yourself up to yeah. that. Right. Yeah. I think that's where mindfulness can really be helpful in mission is because uh, I, I, I noticed for myself for a lot of years in business, I was resentful of or resisting the standard. Yeah. Of what other people had named the standard. This is how you do sales calls. This is how you market. This is how you create a landing page. This is how you do a Facebook ad. <clears throat> and I would try it for a bit and then I get frustrated by it and try something new. And I wasn't bringing mindfulness to, I mean, it took me a while. I, I eventually did, but I started, I, originally I just was trying to force the result, very attached by the way, very attached to this standard producing a result for me and not being aware bringing an awareness to what works about this, what doesn't work about this. How does this honor me? How does this not honor? Like just the whole thing about how do I design a world that works for me was not a conversation I was having. I was like, how do I, I'm in my attachment. How do I produce a result was the conversation. And if I think about, did I, I think I, in a past conversation or episode, I talked about the book louder than words. And there was a, a metaphor in there about a tree that uh, it was the, the author was talking to an art, a music artist, a musician, uh, speaking of music. And the musician was saying about like, you know, in the beginning, your, your music will sound like other people's music. It's like at the base of a tree. We're mm-hmm. all learning and borrowing from, to use your word, the same standard. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. copying, we're all copying. We're like, I'm going to play G, G, C, D, G, C, D. Like it's, you can play any song with G, C, D. And at some point you start to branch out on the tree and start to pursue a particular genre or niche of music. You're like, okay, well, I prefer rock than classical. And so you go out on the the limb called rock and roll. And as you go further out on the limb of rock and roll, you might decide you like, you know, heavy metal. And as you go further out the, at some point, what happens is if you keep pursuing 
or or maybe let me say questioning mm-hmm. what how do I want to do my work and what what's next what's the next creative place for me? You could end up on a branch of your own, right? Which and for some people would is what we want. Other people might say, I don't need a branch of my own. I can produce what I want to produce inside of, you know, G, C, mm-hmm. and D. But I think that's the, that's the journey here of bringing our fingerprint to our important work. You have a work you want to do. And are you going to do that inside someone else's standard? Or are you going to continue to go out on the branch till you find a branch of your own, which is what Bruce Lee did when he created his own form of martial arts? Like at some level, are we creating our own way of doing this mission? That may be more than we need in this conversation, but I, I just think that I'm seeing some places where mindfulness on the journey is helpful because it allows you to cr- either submit to the standard that's there or create your own. Yeah, You're not a prisoner. All, uh, yeah, good. So there's two things, Chris, or more. I don't know. We'll see how many things will count at the end. It's very important that we start our sentences with how many things we're about to announce. If you don't do that, it, <laughs> everything's ruined. Um. The so there's the rebellion against the standard, yeah. You know the knee jerk reaction. You know, fight the power. Not going to do it that way. I don't have to make cold calls. There's but none. If not, if not done mindfully, is as you're now. You know that that duality of standard not standard. I'm going to do it some other way. Neat from a knee jerk perspective. Whatever your business is right? Doesn't have any more mindfulness, doesn't have any more intention other than I'm not going to do it that way. So there's unlikely in my experience to be fulfilling. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be my parents is a very different experience from, okay, who am I going to be? Yep. Right. So I think there's a world inside that. Are you reacting to the standard or are you actually creating a new standard or are you create, you know, doing something else? So there's that inquiry that's worth having, right. Rather than just being a knee jerk. No, right. I'm going to, you know, actually be mindful and notice, Oh, I have a reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Is this valid or not? You know, it's funny. I just made this little journal to help people do cold calling because, you know, in, a very real result producing context, cold calling works and where very little else does. Mm. And, um, you know, but when one can get, I think the immediate thought for people doing cold calling, almost everyone who does it is, I hate this, Mm -hmm. right? I don't like it. It's intrusive. I'm a telemarketer, all the automatic things that are there for, uh, for it. Um, but when people slow down enough to get present to, okay, well, what's my intention here? What am I providing? What am I providing for myself? And what am I providing for my family? And what am I providing for the people I'm calling? You know, what's the gift that I am to the people I'm calling? Hmm. And that begins to show up and get present. Then you can start to get related to, okay, well, what's the advantage? What am I out to accomplish in this phoning session versus what's the worst thing that could happen? Hmm. You know, the pros and the cons, the pluses and the minuses of this, of this phoning agreement. And when people stop and do that work, and maybe it takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. 
to do that, you're wildly empowered to actually make the difference that you are out to make in the world by being on the phone. And I don't mean just it, not even cold calling. I mean, cold calling, because it has that world of telemarketing attached to it. Um, but just calling anybody about any requests that you have and requests are what make the world move. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that world of, uh, noticing what's already there for me about the thing I'm about to do that we're calling mindfulness, bringing yeah. a state of mindfulness yeah. to it. That includes the standard call. Well, fuck it. I'm not going to cold call. I'm just going to go do this. Okay, but without mindfulness, now whatever this is, is mm-hmm. unlikely to be empowering yeah. because it's just a reaction. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> that was what, that was one thing about what you said I thought was really worth underlining. And then, um, and then there was another thing because I had said two things, but I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, the, the trees, the leaves, the branches. Yeah. Um, You know, I was thinking about what you were saying in terms of, you know, I I don't know that it's possible. Well, I'm sure it's possible, but um, I think it's an empowering place to stand to consider that it that if you, you know, eat honor the container, the standard. Yeah. Right. As the standard, as the container. Yeah. And you just stand there you'll find that you are in your own unique place Hmm. that, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan or anyone who plays the blues, lightning Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, BB King, anyone who is strictly blues, not Clapton who went into rock and roll, but really just, you know, I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan straddles that, but just even lightning Hopkins, John Lee Hooker, you know, um, anyone like that um they're they're a leaf Hmm. that's a leaf on a branch that's a unique lightning hopkins is completely unique to john lee hooker completely unique to blind lemon jefferson completely unique to any of the stand each each a leaf on the branch of call blues but completely inside the container the yeah. standard of yeah. what makes a blues song a blues song, but completely inside that. Yeah. Um, and then there's people like Clapton, right? Who, you know, took that and said, okay, well, here's the standard. Now we're going to grow it to include this thing called rock and roll. And those two things now, or Stevie Ray Vaughan, I think is more inside that camp for sure. Well, yeah, don't want to argue about it, but, um, <laughs> you know, and then there's people like, uh, you know, interesting. Okay. We're just going to get really, weirdly nitty gritty about shit, but like, where does Devo come in? Right. Devo inside a world of punk, which is this entire world of distorted that that became this entire separate phenomenon. Yeah. Right. And that's outside the standard. Right. You know, to a large extent that became outside the standard and, um, (laughs) you know, I think yeah. I think Talking Heads did a lot of that. We're you can say whatever you want about the standard, but we're going wherever this wherever this path leads next, you know, yeah. Yeah. and a wide variety of things, but not as a reaction to the standard, 
you know, yeah, right. As a creation uh, or a as a creation, or a, like, yeah. okay, I, I hear the standard and this is really what I, this is how I hear it. So there are both yeah. completely. And I think uh, that opportunity to stand out as a unique leaf. If we're going to get all the way out to leaves on the branch. Yeah. Right. And no two leaves are exactly the same. Like if you're going to get a leaf, if you're going to turn yourself into a leaf on whatever branch you are. You can do it completely inside the container. Yeah, that's good. Or you can do it by creating a new container either way. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And both work and both are great. And one's not better than the other. And it's definitely not. And I think the point is if you um, are tuning in, if you're being mindful about what's next for you, is intuition in any of the, it's not, it wouldn't be stated as one of the nine mindfulness principles, but like, it's not. But I feel like there's an in, there's a there's an assumption that intuition kicks in when you are non-striving, when you're trusting, when you're, and I think so much creativity happens through mm-hmm. intuition that there is yeah. a this feels right or doesn't feel right, and and you don't have to decide in this moment whether you want to be a leaf or create a new branch. Mm-hmm. That's not even the that's not even the intention. The yeah. intention isn't I'm going to create a new branch. The intention is what do I want to create? Right. What's the, what's what am I present to? What um what was there was an architect that used to say he would show up at a a, a site a building site and he'd say what does this want to be? Right. You I, heard of this? I, I would assume it's Frank Lloyd Wright, but I don't know. That it was it wasn't Frank Lloyd. It, I, I anyway, I, I could try to find that. But the I loved the idea that they would somebody would be present enough to the space to say what does it want to be before it was ever designed? Like what right. does this want to be? You know what does yeah, your I, important work want to be? Great. Could you tune into that? And I think that's, you know, one of the really powerful aspects of meditation, hmm. you know, and this is again, Esther, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's all Esther, but nonetheless, prayer is, you know, my opportunity to talk to the universe. Mindfulness meditation is my opportunity to listen. Hmm. And I think holding prayer and mindfulness in those two or prayer and meditation in those two contexts is useful. For me, like mm. I can, when I sit in meditation, mm. st- what arises in that is the universe talking. And um, I think it's another great um, prompt for us, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. certainly in the, in the mastermind for us um, is that opportunity to follow intuition. And I think the more you do, the more I do, I know the more, more clearly it speaks. Mm. And that's things from like, you should go back and grab your wallet, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. did you, you know, is that, did you pick that piece of paper up or what, you know, there are times where I'm leaving the house and I'll think I should go get that thing. And other times immediately it'll show up as now nah, don't bother. Come on. We're in a fucking rush. Let's go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Right, right. And the more I can go, okay, now wait a minute. Uh-huh. Something just told me to go get that. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go back and get that. Mm. And the more I can honor that voice mm-hmm. about those kinds of things, the louder it speaks and the more clearly it speaks about other things as we go. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the whole dynamic of, okay, well, what do you know? What's your intuition and what's you arguing with yourself and overthinking something? Again, a line, a paradox, uh, you know, a place to discover. There's not an answer to that. Um, yeah. But I think that's. Yeah. And to your point, there's no wrong. There's no wrong right, and there's choice. No wrong, right. No there's wrong, no wrong. Right. No wrong note. No wrong. All, all an observation, all a game, all a, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic too, is, you know, that Miles Davis quote, there are no wrong notes. Yeah. You know, so there are no mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a great place to put a pin in this. Yeah. This week. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that we've got now dug up, resurfaced by re-truing ourselves up to, oh yeah, we do have an intention here to yeah. empower people in their, whatever they're the CEO of. Yeah. And all the things you're the CEO of, because rarely do we meet someone who's just the CEO of one thing. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, if I had to sort of bridge that to an invitation, I would say, we, uh, you and I, we haven't spoken of this explicitly, but I would say there is an intention for our mindful CEO mastermind. That is, you know, what, what that space is in my intention is a place where we mindful CEOs, we, those of us who have mission want that want to bring mindfulness to mission can begin to work out and mumble through the actual mission, whether, whether that's served by the conversation and topic of the mastermind or, um, actually having breakout sessions and, and working through, here's what I'm doing. What are you doing? And we're able to compare notes that there's that the space we're holding, you and I are holding in this mastermind. The space is there to serve your mission with mindfulness. And so if, if those of you listening would like to go learn more about the community that Aaron and I have created this mastermind, you can go to the mindful CEO dot com the mindful ceo.com and uh click the appropriate links from there and and um there you go so cool. yeah awesome aaron always always right. good mumble sesh see ya